It's a Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, Punk Rock Collaboration with Gabby Buckley. On the podcast, I have a guest that I always like to talk to on the podcast. One, because, man, sometimes I just don't want to do a reflection by myself. And two, we always talk about education all the time. My lovely wife, principal, awesome lady, uh, Gabby, is with me. Hi, Gabby. Hi, doing your homework for you. Yes. Well, yep. it's not really homework, but yeah, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> um, sure. Anyways, Gab, <laughs> I have you on because I wanted to talk about uh, something that's that, that you're doing on your campus. You are year four as principal. Before that, you were an assistant principal. Before that, you taught there. When you were uh, a, a young lass, you graduated high school from there. Yes. So you are Dobson. Yes. Bleeding blue. Uh-huh. Um, so let's talk. This year, you and your staff um, have started a new grading system. Can you kind of talk to me about what that looks like? Um, yes. And why? Okay. What it is and why. Wow, that is a big, that's a big question. Yeah. So let's start with the why. Okay. All right. Well, we started with, um, okay, hold on. We, <laughs> like, I didn't map out my thoughts on this, and I probably should have, probably like, should. an elevator pitch on yeah. this. Um, but once I get going, it's going to keep going. That's good. So, okay, here we, here we go. go. All right, so the why is uh, we were noticing some trends with grades where, you know, in high school you can make up your credit and kids were going into credit recovery online courses and being able to test out of folders because they knew the content and they were passing classes in two days and they so they would go from like a 32% to a, you know, 78% and it was like, why? How is that happening? How were you being graded? And why, like, how is that happening? So, you know, it, this isn't the instance all the time, but it was enough to be significant as well. Like, we can recognize that grades are kind of um, unfair or bias when our own district was offering um, grade inflation for passing our state test to say, like, oh, well, you can raise your grade letter up one if you pass the state test for that grade level. And it was almost like we were already saying a while ago that grades were, they weren't true of what students were learning. They were indicative of students' behavior. Okay. Um, so we read um, Joe Feldman's um, Equitable Grading and, um, and, and it's very- it's, As a whole campus or as a leadership team? So we read it as a leadership team and then we shared it with the campus. Um, some people read it, some people did not. So this year may have been a bigger shock for some than others. <laughs> um, and so we're kind of in phase one right now of our equitable grading practices. Um, this year we have four non-negotiables and I'm just gonna try to rattle these off the top of my head and I might miss one. So here I go. Uh, number one is no extra credit. No extra credit for anything. No grade should be over 100%. No extra credit even if it's meaningful to the curriculum. Um, like if it's on the test um, and it's tied to a standard, no extra credit. Um, and then two is um, to offer retakes and redos on any graded assignment. So that opened up a big conversation about what are we grading? Are we grading for completion? That's behavior. 
um, and uh, also like retest and redo. I have to acknowledge that students are learning at different rates, that not everybody in a 52 minute class period is going to be on track with each other all the time. Mm -hmm. um, then the other one was to integrate a system of grading where we were looking at like what we really wanted to do was a zero to four, but we kind of had to punt because our district grading system wasn't ready for it. So um, we have a couple different grading systems right now, um, but essentially um, nothing can be lower than a 50 to create equitable bands of um, grades so that 50% of the grading scale isn't an F. Yeah. Can, uh, can, can you expand on that? What do you mean by that idea, that 50%? Because we've had this conversation before. I've talked to teachers with it before. Yeah. You and I... As, we both did it. Yeah, so you and I as parents have talked to a student teacher of our child before about the way they grade things. What do you mean about that band 50% well, and you, of the Didn't grade? you and I both do a minimum F back yeah, in the day? Yeah, I, I always did minimum F on any test. Right. Yeah. Okay, and I did it on any essay, yeah. right? So that... Um, even when kids turned it in, sometimes they were going to get a 40% on it based off of a rubric, which that's a whole nother discussion. Like that's another rabbit hole. Um, but um, that I would only give students a 50% because we all know that if, a, if oh goodness, sorry about that. Because <laughs> we all know that um, when a student has a zero. We've all heard about the power of a zero. And, and I used to tell, like, this kills me. I used to stand in front of my kids as seniors and say, you guys know that if you don't turn in this assignment, it's going to make your grade tank really quickly. And you're going to have to work twice as hard to pull that grade up. And I was like, God, when I finally started going to a minimum F, like it, that conversation changed because I was still grading on behaviors. Like, was was a was a a worksheet on on vocabulary i was an ela teacher was a worksheet on vocabulary like the most important thing i should be looking at right like uh, it was all just kind of crap so um anyway um the the zero is just really makes students not motivated and and joe feldman's whole point of um equitable grading practices is that grades should be accurate non-biased and motivational so when you're talking about a band being 50%, what you're saying is like on a hundred point scale yeah. or hundred, like we're talking about hundred yeah. percent, zero to 50% is an F, but yeah. only- Zero to 59 is an yeah, F. Yeah, zero to 59 is an F. Then 60 to 60, 60 or nine, nine is right. a D. So everything is like in 10% increments except for the F, which is 59%. Right. So, so that's what we were looking at. Like why are- like when people say, oh, they failed this in eighth grade. I'm like, I don't care. What was your grading standard? You know, like I think that we can really look at grades as, as indications of behavior. When we say that grades are part of what, when we say that grades are part of what students, um, like they're be like that, that somehow their behaviors of being persistent and resilient are built into the grading scale. Like what does that actually look like? And what does it mean? Like, you know, if an A is an orange, how do you get an orange? You know, if we start changing some of the language that we're using when it comes to grades, if we stop talking about GPAs, if we stop believing and buying into the lie that you have to be a top 10 student in order to get uh, a scholarship, which, by the way, our child was number 10 and did not get any scholarship beyond a merit scholarship, right? right. Yeah. So, um, which was just tuition based. Um, like, I, I don't know. It's just... The, the F is just has too much hold and we can hold kids accountable and like set them in their place. And for a lot of like a lot of high school teachers and a lot of secondary teachers, we are so 
we are so into the power of the grade book. It's right. the thing we can control. And I think that we still, and look, I don't know, maybe I was motivated by grades as a kid in the 90s. I, I don't know, probably. I didn't want to fail. I didn't want my parents to be upset with me. Like things have shifted and changed. Kids are no longer motivated by A's. And the kids who are, are your top 20% who are going to be just fine. So we needed to create some, some, um, we needed to create some non-negotiables for our, uh, instead of it being an isolation. And look, I've been talking about a minimum F grading scale since I was a department chair and my department like booed me out and was like, boo, get out of here, we hate you. That's asinine, why would you give anyone credit for something that they didn't do? And that is still a conversation that we're having. And it's just, it's just a reframing of the way that we're doing things. And it, it can be difficult. And um, so that's, and then I think, I think I left out the fourth non-negotiable, but now I don't remember what it is. It'll probably come back to me later. Okay. <laughs> so you've got these four non-negotiables around the idea of um, equitable grading practices. Yeah. And so if I'm a teacher, um, I have the opportunity to give a zero to five or zero to four. What is it? Um, we're Well, we have a zero to four. We have an A to F grading okay. scale. And we also have a, a 100% because of our system. Right. We also have a, a 100% like raw score one, but you can't go under 50. So even the F on the A to F scale is 50 and the zero is um, 50. A zero to four grading scale still allows you to give a zero, which I right. think for a lot of teachers Makes helps. Makes feel better? Yeah, I don't know if they feel better or if it like... Um, it, it shows something different in a grading book. Well, you can say it doesn't exist. Co when I, correct. When I give you a 50%, mm -hmm. yeah. what I'm saying is, well, you made half an effort. And I think that's the problem with, with when we talk about mastery and we talk about grading, right? If we're talking about, you know... It, but but let, like if you even open up, I'm gonna go down the rabbit hole. Okay. If you even open up the idea of why are we even averaging grades to begin <laughs> with, like that to me is like the biggest conversation that we need to start having because we're assessing a student. And I mean, really, is my job? Does my job ever come down to one final grading mark on whether or not I am passing at my job or things that I need to be like? What am I excelling at, and what am I? What do I need to do better at? If I just got a C or a B, what does that even mean, right? Yeah. Like, if we are looking at standards-based grading, if we are looking at competency-based grading, then we need to start looking beyond what. Why are we averaging out? Why aren't we taking, and I feel like at an elementary level sometimes, especially like, you know, we have a kid who just popped up into that, what is that intermediate part yeah. of elementary where now they're starting to assign grades. Um, but beforehand it was all like. You did the skill. It Yeah, like it, there wasn't four. a grade. It was like, oh, it was excellent. It meets some improvement. And and I think in, in elementary level, we really look at the whole child. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we really look at, did you master a skill? Yeah. Right? Right, Those are the important parts. Right. Do you, do, can you show that you can do this thing? And I, and I think to your point earlier, this idea of students being able to like fail a class, but then go take credit recovery mm -hmm. and be able to quickly get out of credit recovery. That means, and our credit recovery classes are by no means like easy breezy credit recovery classes Correct. right you have to show mastery of skills yeah they're standards based right. in order to get through them so you're right what that shows is as a teacher what are you grading and what are you doing for kids yeah you know? and in the in that program too you can't go if you fail an assessment you have to retake it right and they don't average it out right 
right? Like they just like you, but you can't move on until you master that. Like it, it's just like I don't know. I think ever since we brought the computer into grading, I graded on hand. I had like my own grading system, right? I had a weird computer one that I put everything into at the end of the semester. Um, Easy grade pro. Yeah, that's what it was. But I I had like a disc I had to download it. It was like a hot commodity to have it, you know, like because. um, uh, But anyway, like when we started doing that, I think we really took away the idea of the whole child. Um, Because I wish I I mean, I've never gone back. I could go back and ask Faith, like, did you average out our grades or did you kind of give us holistic scores um, for English in high school? But like, I don't I don't know, because we are we are completely beholden to the 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 computer says. Right. Seventy eight point nine. And there's no way I can wiggle around that. I so for me, I auto rounded my grades. So I was never in a position for a kid to go like, can you round that? I'm like, no, I don't make that decision. The computer yeah, but- computer makes decisions and I and I get it. So I look back and I go, man, there's some there's some educational malpractice. I think every mm-hmm. educator who if you're and That's a hard thing to say. If you're reflective That's the hardest thing to say is I <laughs> I did this to kids and maybe what I did was wrong. That right. sucks. If you're reflective you should find those things that you Absolutely. did wrong. Absolutely. Like, near the end of my, you know, I'm no, no longer in the classroom, but like my last two years, COVID really forced my hand into what I graded uh-huh. and what I was looking for. Right. So for me, it was always like, can you show me that you understood this? Mm-hmm. That's what I graded on. We did tests. They weren't multiple choice. It was show me that you could do this skill. Yeah. I was lucky enough that I was teaching economics at the time. So it wasn't about like, do you remember the definition of this? Right. right. It was like, can you show can you me use it? that mm-hmm. you can use this thing? And that's what I graded on. And kids were like, why don't we do multiple choice? I'm like, because then yeah. you can guess. And then at the end, I, I'm going to go like, well, you didn't get this. And for me, every test was, and, and it's just in my head, I wrap my way around it is that I'm testing skills. Each unit tests skills. So every unit's going to be worth the same amount. I'm not going to go like, well, this unit had, I think what I run into sometimes is like, I was talking to some some new teachers about, well, the test for this unit had 50 questions yeah. and last units had 34. Yeah. And so... You're automatically weighting something more if you're... Just using those whole numbers, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I look back and I go like, would I weight things the way I weight them? No. Is weighting a thing? No. I wouldn't do that anymore. But I did it. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but I would always ask myself this question. I always ask myself this question at the very end if I when I was about to turn in grades. I would look at my grade book and be like, is this real? Is this fair? Right. And I, I did. And and look, you can say you you can do all these different pieces. When we're talking about like what personalized curriculum looks like for students, yeah. for what they need, it is going to have to be changed. You are going to have to look at it in a different lens as an educator. You just are. And I and I think that we just get bogged down with I have 150 kids in a day. I can't, you know, I can't do that. It's going to be too difficult. But I think I think we do it more often than we know. That's our dog. I don't think he's he, being a weirdo. If you're being really that. quiet, so I don't think the dog. They don't want you to hear the dog. Oh, okay. So no. sorry. I don't mean. To, I'm not being quiet. I'm actually being. You're just now much you're, louder. No, you're now. You're better. Oh, now, now I'm better. Yeah, now. yeah. Okay. But when you start to get into your flow, you <laughs> so anyways. I, so I, I mean, I think you're right. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about. I mean, you, that, that's one piece of, sure. of what you're so, doing. Right and now. do you want to know how it's going? Yes. How's it going? <laughs> Do you want to know if it's actually working? Well, so, yeah, that's what I want to know. I mean, because you and I have talked about this before. You looked at some data from last year. Yeah. And you looked at where your students were at and where they're at now, one quarter in. We're in, we're, we're in second quarter. Can you, what does that look like? What are you seeing? 
So we took the data points from um, our last two gradings, right, our progress report and our quarter, and we have noticed that the number of Fs have decreased by over 5%, which I think is pretty significant. Also, our number of As have decreased. Um, not as much as 5%, it is, it is smaller, but I'm also okay with that because if we are grading um, mastery and not mastery behavior. and not behavior, then we will have fewer students with A's, which in turn, if you start projecting into the future, could um, impede some of our AP courses where kids want to take a class that it's a higher level class that they know they can get an A in because they're a really good kid. Right. Um, and those and that's okay with me. Um, I I think that when we start looking at different ways to do transcripts, and, and I'm working with the Mastery Transcript Consortium right now, um, if we can look at how students earn those A's, whether they be an easier, because look, I, I would tell you that a kid who struggled in an AP course to hit mastery and proved resilience over and over and over again is probably more likely to do well in post-secondary education than a kid who just takes an AP government course who's taught by an easy teacher who's guaranteed to get an A just for showing up. Right, because like, it's behavior again, It's right? behavior, because, right? And you'll see that when you look at, when we look at, AP scores versus AP grades. Oh God, I, you, that's, that's a whole a, that's like, a whole other look. Can that's of a really hard conversation that we're having yeah. right now with our AP teachers. Like, um, that's hard. That's really difficult. But those are conversations that have to happen if you want to move things forward. So, right. um, yes, it has right now shown. Are we in an implementation so, dip right now? Yes. My other question is: so you you've seen less Fs? Has all those Fs just moved to Ds? No. That was my concern, is that most of our Fs were going to move to Ds. They actually moved into the B and C range, which means that these grades have actually now become motivational for kids to get out of those Fs. So I think, um, are we doing everything right right now? No. Um, we're still, pro we're, I know we're still grading completion. I know we're still padding grades. I mean, look, my in full transparency, my teachers were very honest about the idea that they um, they pad grades. And they'll say it, because like, well, well cause I want to help wrong. those F kids. Right, there's nothing I wanna wrong. I want to help those kids with the D. I want to give them another chance. Right. Or like, oh, it's a signed syllabus. But then again, when the kid never signs the syllabus and never turns it in, they have an F from the go, right? right? So, and those are those things that like, we don't want to grade anymore. Um, and... I would. Yeah. Look, I remember looking back at grades when I was done with grades near near the end, and I would go like, "Oh, this kid is literally ten one assignment, ten Away, points right, from, from a different grade. a different grade." And in my head, I would go like, "Well, then I'm just going to give them right. the, the bigger grade." You right? have the because, autonomy to do that because I went because I would go and I would look and I'd be like, "Oh man!" No one says you have to go with the average grade, and right. hopefully, you would go like, "Oh." That's not as good as I thought. And I would go and I would say like, oh man, that was something that that kid didn't do um, at the beginning of the semester, right? And yeah. I would look at that thing, I'd be like, man. So, I mean, we have that, we have the ability to change that and look at that yeah. differently. So that that's the grading piece of what you're doing. Yeah, and I that's wanna, a lot. Wanna, so if anyone, if anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out. I definitely have the, uh, 
I have, I'm not usually the one that jumps in first out of our big six high schools in Mesa. I am not the one that usually jumps and goes, I'll try that first. I usually want somebody else to wait. I want to watch how somebody else does it and then I want to do it better. Um, no one was going to jump on this one and so I just went ahead and did it. So I, I am writing the playbook and I can definitely tell you where the missteps are. <laughs> so if you if you want to hear a little bit about that, reach out to Gabby. Um, but let's talk one last thing. We yeah, got, yeah. We, we've got a few minutes. I want to talk this idea um, about creating your canon and your yeah. beliefs as a, what you I can't remember the term you used for it, for your campus and what core that values. means. Your core values. And what that means for sharing that with the employees that you currently have uh-huh. and what it means with the the, the who we're the going people, to get you know the educators you're hoping to attract attract or bring into yeah. your to your campus okay so um right now we are writing a vision statement um as and, but not like a vision statement like we believe all no like, yeah no so i'm i'm going through a, a big national class right now um and uh, about transformational and transformative leadership and um and I, I feel like i feel like it's good uh for me but it's also pushing me to do this piece that i've been trying to do for the last four years but you know things got in the way so here we are doing we're creating a vision you know we're creating a goal we're starting with you know, um, the idea of uh, it's four years from now, fill in the blank. Um, it's, you know, I can't believe we accomplished what. And we're creating big dreams. I'm like, dream big, right? Go for the big stuff. Um, as a staff, we're doing that on this Wednesday. I'm gathering all the data. Then I'm going to have a committee come together and they're going to create um, the wording for it. Then we're going to take it out to the uh, school um, the the parent group. Um, I have a student advisory council that my um, counseling staff has been running. We're going to take it there, and look, we'll live into it. And we'll lean into it. If it has to change in a couple of years, we have to modify some things. I think it can be a living document, and I'm totally fine with that. But from that, we are then creating three to five year goals about like from our athletics, from our academics. Um, all these different groups are getting together, which in turn is now going to like so that our vision statement is more about our core values and beliefs than it is anything else. Um, so when we are seeing some of the the um, these the struggles mm-hmm. the challenges of integrating a new grading policy into a, an established campus you know um that's been around since the 80s um with a completely different clientele that we serve now um we know and i know that there's a great possibility that i'm not going to turn everyone's mind and i'm going to lose some i'm going to lose some staff over this um and 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 if I know that I'm doing everything that's right by kids, I'm okay with it. I don't want to do anything wrong by educators, but I also, I just know that we, we have to go in a specific direction. So um, one of the things that was kind of clear after we hired some people last year and then we went to this grading policy yeah. was those people were struggling with it. And I was like, you know what? To be fair, you weren't told about this in your interview. Um, and I think you should, and that should go into our core values and our um, and our beliefs. Yeah. So we have. Um Oftentimes schools change their vision or they change like this is the text that we're reading and this is what we're doing and this is what we decided as an administrative team that we are going to stick with one 
like we're going to have three books, three to four books that we lean into. And that's what we believe in. And that's what we go to. So we've got one about restorative um, discipline. Um, we've got one about equitable grading practices. And then um, uh, uh, the, the other one is about trauma informed care. We'll probably add in a fourth about um, a more pedagogy. But right now, those are our three. And so that's I just want like instead of having to continually master something new I want our staff to just master what is right and then just live into that and then we'll tweak some things as we go but if we always go back to the texts that are all research-based texts then we're in the right path so we also have a portrait of a graduate in our um, district. We are going to go back and um, rewrite all of our questions to align to a portrait of a graduate, to align to our beliefs and our core values. And as we start seeking out, because it's going to happen pretty soon, because the hiring season is going to about happen. Yeah. Um, when we go to hire um, or we go to interview somebody, uh-huh. we are going to... Um, share my uh, assistant will be reaching out to that person and saying here are the times you can choose from because everything's all on the computer before you choose a time please read through this one pager and it's going to have our core values um, and our beliefs it will have our uh, vision it will or yeah our vision statement it will also have our canon that we call right now of the books that we believe in and this is what we do on our campus Um, and a little kind of snippet about our grading policy and then in her message, it will also say if you um, if you choose after reading, you know, kind of what we're about, if you choose not to interview because I don't want to waste anyone's time, you know, please let us know that you are going to decline. I think that that is going to help us in the future. I think that's going to get people on board um, with what we want to do right. uh, as a school. And um, so that's that's what we're working on. Well, we got to get this accomplished in the next couple of months, I think. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> so. I, I, and I really appreciate the idea of saying the, these are the things that drive us. And, and we talk about the ideas of like collective commitments, right? Like on my campus, yeah. we have vision, mission, collective commitments. Yeah. But it's not really like what we, it's not what we believe in. Right. It's what we say do. we're going to do. Right. right? And, and, you know, our vision and mission statement is essentially the AVID mission statement. Right. Right. Which is very, you know, it's a very... It's a good mission statement. It's an idea, mm-hmm. right? But it's not the what we believe in part, right? We believe... It doesn't say, like, we believe that all students... You know, that sort of thing, you know, this sort of... All students ha- should have an opportunity to show mastery and growth, right? Those mm-hmm. those sorts of things that really guide how you're going to grade, how you're going to work with students. And, yeah, and how, how you're going to grade, how you're going to discipline, right. how you're going to... Yeah, how you're going to bring all those pieces in. I'm, it's all... it's. It's all important. Right. It's hard, though. This is, I mean, t- it's taken a while to get to this point, and it's... Um, well, you had this global pandemic happen in it, so, I mean, in the yeah. midst of... of I, like, I'm going to tell you, though, like, I am so tired of blaming COVID for some <laughs> of this stuff. Like, No, I get it. But I think it's a great time, and this is where we are. I'm, I'm telling my staff this. We are bending to break the system right now. I am, like, I really want to flip tables over and just be like, let's start it over, you know? Yeah. Um, but not everyone is like that. So I told them, like, we are going to... To break and we are going to do things way differently than we have done them in the past and right now we're bending and if this is giving you heartburn if this is giving you pause and um like we want to help work through that if you're not comfortable to break we understand that and and it's okay like i'm not gonna unless somebody wants to make it personal why they're leaving 
then I, I'm not going to take it personal about why they're leaving because I think we all have free will on like how we want to do our jobs. Right. Um, and it's just, it, I think this is just, I'm, I'm truly, truly 100% believe in the state of Arizona. We are the biggest, one of the biggest districts, if not the biggest district. The biggest district. Okay. Because yeah. I know Tucson comes and rivals us once in a while. But as the largest district, sometimes we take for granted that we know what we're doing and what we've been doing is always right. But when I go out to these conferences and I meet people from across the nation who are like, no, we've changed. And I'm like, yeah, no, we need to change. Like, we can't just sit here and go, well, we're the biggest district in the in the, in the state. In Arizona, by the way, which is not known for its incredible supports of education, um, we have to change. And all this change is free. This is just... This is just mindset and pedagogy. Yeah. And that and and so that's that's a lot of the time that we're investing right now is mindset mindset shift um and and pedagogy. All right. So we That's a lot. It that's is deep. it is. It is deep. You So yeah. many tendrils. And that's the loudest you've been on the podcast. I'm the whole so time. sorry. I told you once I got going, <laughs> if we did this for another half hour, I'd yeah. be like blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then the episode would be too long. So, I know. People would be like, I hate her. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you for, for, for sharing that idea and and I truly like if you have some thoughts about the idea of switching the way you grade, if you're an administrator, if you're a teacher, reach out to Gabby. You can find her on the Instagrams and stuff. On, yeah, uh, the Twitter. On Twitter. How do you how do they find you on Twitter? I think I'm at, at Gabby G-A-B-B-I underscore Buckley. B- no, wait. No, it's that's Principal not Buckley. right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's Principal Buckley. At I am at uh, at Principal Unders- Buckley. Underscore. Is it under? My God. You know what? Don't. You don't just even know your own. Email me. I'm thing. at grbuckley at mpsaz.org. <laughs> just email me. I'm about to get my phone number on this. Don't, but yeah. Just email me straight to my district email. Um, let's start a conversation because I'm, I'm definitely willing to share what we've done. It is principal underscore Gabby, I think. <laughs> if I had notes. G-A-B-B-I, at principal underscore Gabby. G-A-B-B-I, because I screwed up and made my name that way. Yeah, so uh, that is, uh, I go reach out to her. So it's the end of the show, and I know you don't listen to the show. No, but I, I know what you're you going to talk did, about. <laughs> what we talk about at the end of every show is, what are you listening to? So what do you listen to? Uh, so I've been listening to Taylor Swift's album. The new one? Yeah. I've also been listening to a good amount of 90s rap. I think you've noticed that on my Instagram. Yep. Um, I've been needing a lot of motivation to like... You know, like get up and I'm bending to break. And so sometimes I need a lot of motivation. And and sometimes and oftentimes it's my 90s rap that gets me there. All right. Okay. So I think that's it. That's it. Thanks. All right. Thanks for for being on the show. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. All right, crew, thanks so much for tuning in. You know that you can find the podcast, all of our episodes over at punkrockclassrooms.com or your favorite podcast app. Uh, if you're following the podcast and anything, go ahead and rate us, give us a review, say something nice, or I guess say something bad. If you don't want to say anything nice, let the world know about it. Share it with your colleagues, your PLC, your PLN, whatever. You know uh, that you can also follow us on social media. You can find Mike and me and the show. We all have the same handles. So the show on Twitter and Instagram is at punkclassrooms. You can find me at Josh R. Buckley and you can find Mike at Mike R. Earnshaw. Hit us up, chat with us, send us a message, let's talk, let's hang out on the interwebs and uh, talk either punk rock or, you know, education. All right, folks, we'll see you at the show.
Hello. Hello. Now that's too loud. Okay, that's too loud. All right, so I'm going to lean in and you're going to be there. No, I'm going to lean in and you're going to be there because now the microphone is in a place where it's closer to your face. Okie dokie. So I have to lean in a little more. Okay, Okay. I will be louder. This is me being loud. That's good. That's good. That's not bad. I know, but I feel like I have to look at the wall in order to make that happen. Hello, I'm looking at the wall and I'm being loud. Okay, here we go. It's a lot of junk. A lot of cruff I'm going to cut out (laughs) of the beginning of this podcast. Minutes two through five. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay. All right, I have Hi. A- <laughs> <laughs> I have to match your energy. Uh, this podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.